0: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits. Long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: Monday.
0: Hackers are after your business data. I can help. I am Bai, the virtual intelligence assistant at Virtual Armor.
2: Virtual Armor, partnered with Juniper Networks, provides cybersecurity services and end-to-end solutions to keep what's yours, yours. Defend yourself with managed firewall and managed SIM essential core services that are economical and efficient. Virtual Armor goes beyond just initial alerting to provide a thorough report on threats, vulnerabilities, and results.
0: Let me help protect you. Contact me at Just Ask by, That's V-I com.
1: And here we go. My opponent is against oil, guns, and God. I am the Democratic Party right now. 47 years, you've done nothing. Everything Americans value hangs in the balance. We have an obligation under the Constitution to
2: use every arrow in our quiver.
1: This is the most important election in the history of our country. I believe that. This is Devious Motives with Brett Winterbull.
3: And welcome. It is Brett Winterbull's Devious Motives. Oh wait, it's not my Devious Motives. It's my podcast. Uh, but my motives are not devious. My, my motives are nothing but pure. Uh, they are designed to entertain and inform you. So what do you say we get right to it? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, I have a big announcement to make. If Donald Trump wins the election... In 2020, what you've seen for the last four years will be the mildest of appetizers you have ever seen in your life. And I will flesh this out throughout the course of the next uh, 30 minutes or so. I've got a ton of sound, ton of great stuff that, that is out there, uh, and it, it just it continues to amaze me to see what is abundantly clear to me, but absolutely uh, mysterious to people who are not willing to see the full picture last night, Philadelphia and Miami sounds like a playoff game, but it was really the settings for two different town halls. You had the Biden town hall in Philadelphia with the uh, moderator being George Stephanopoulos, the once upon a time hatchet man, strategist and spokesman for the uh, Clinton machine back in 1992. And there in South Florida, there in Miami, you had Savannah Guthrie representing NBC News and uh, in, in, in the mode of something very, very specific and something very special. And that was the second person in the room to try to attack the president. The first group of people were the people with questions, right? That was NBC wanted to bring these people in to ask questions of the president. But then Savannah Guthrie uh, made it about herself with a number of different challenges. George Stephanopoulos was largely a loving, reassuring, uh, uh, building the confidence of Joe Biden sort of a guy. Imagine an elderly man trying hard to do work in their yard uh, to to put a fence post back up that had fallen down. George Stephanopoulos was playing the part of the Joe. Can I get you some cold lemonade and then kind of rubbing his back? saying, you can do this, Joe. You, can, you, 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 you got game, man. You can totally put this uh, back up. Savannah Guthrie, on the other hand, uh, with the Trump uh, uh, town hall, uh, represented the person whom every time a fence post was put back up, she would kick it down. And when the uh, president would go to pick that fence post back up, she would push him down. And that was essentially what you had going on here. Now, why does this matter? Why does this matter? Because... When you look at the full court press, social media, the death of journalism in America today, and of course, uh, the, the partisan leanings of these folks, you can only come to one conclusion if you think about this. And if you disagree, come and hit me up on, on Twitter at Winterbull Show. Uh, hit me up on my Facebook page. You can send me a message. You can only conclude one thing they do not believe. That Joe Biden has sealed the deal. And they do not believe that President Trump is fully damaged goods. And I get it. I understand it. There's a there's a partisan uh, rooting chorus that's taking place. They just lost uh, another one in Steve Scully, who was unmasked as not just somebody who was a partisan, but somebody who was a, a, a liar lying about his, his Twitter getting hacked by sending a note over to Anthony Scaramucci. My gosh. I mean, I don't understand... how how it is that that becomes a thing but but nevertheless nevertheless uh you you have a situation where they're not confident that trump is finished and they're not confident that biden can finish and i'm dead serious when i say it because if they were confident that biden could finish uh they would have asked they would have asked joe biden Stephanopoulos would have asked him about the hunter biden hard hard drive they would have said something they would have said hey got any thoughts on this thing? And Joe Biden could have looked at the camera and turned it into a West Wing moment. That's what they always want to try to do right over on the left. Make it like Martin Sheen in the West Wing when he told off the crazy right wing maniacs in that episode about about the crazy right wing maniacs, which was every episode. Um, he, He didn't do it, though. He didn't do it because they know Joe Biden's got a glass jaw. Yeah, he took a few punches in that debate. One time, one go around with... Uh, Chris Wallace uh, helping to prop him up. Same deal in Philadelphia on Thursday night. Yeah, I know he spoke for 90 minutes. Wow, 90 minutes. He did 90 minutes. I watched uh, President Trump do an hour in Greenville, uh, North Carolina. And then I I watched him do another uh, 60 minutes last night down in Miami where it was hot. Joe Biden and and, and and Steffi were in a nice air-conditioned auditorium with a lot of socially distanced people who were uh, pre-checked as, uh, as as solid Democrats wanting to know what it's like to be so awesome like uh, Joe Biden. Miami was a hostel was a hostile setup. It was outside, it was hot, it was sweaty, it was sticky. You had Savannah Guthrie who uh, was was put in there for the purposes of trying to disrupt Trump's flow. I don't think she was effective at it. And the fact that she had to be put in there by Chuck Todd or anybody else over at NBC kind of tells you what's going on. It says that they, they know that Trump is not sufficiently dead politically. He hasn't been taken out by the coronavirus, physically or politically. He, he hasn't been totally taken down. And when you look at the numbers that came out this morning, holy cow, ladies and gentlemen, when you when you look at the retail sales numbers, which the economy cram, crashing was supposed to be the thing that was going to be the final nail in the coffin of, of Donald Trump, but you've got retail sales posting huge gains in September, as uh, CNBC's Jeff Cox calls it, um, consumers show unexpected strength. Headline retail sales rose 1.9%, much better than the 0.7% that the Dow Jones had projected. Uh, excluding autos, autos, the game was 1.5%. Uh, clothing and accessories led the gains, while electronics were the only uh, negative factor. You know why the electronics weren't weren't moving so fast and furiously, right? It's because people already stocked up on that stuff when the pandemic first hit. What do you think the stimulus checks went to? Go take a walk at a Walmart back in March and April and tell me you could buy a big screen TV. People were buying um, uh, things to occupy their time while they were locked down at the house and they were outfitting their uh, their new home offices and Zoom rooms. So the economy is is not cratering. The the Trump uh, team is not surrendering. And yet I see a complete lack of confidence among the progressives among the people who are backing Biden and Harris. And I'll give you, I'll give you some let me give you some samples right here. Okay, check this out. Let me begin with this disclaimer. I'm sorry that I have to subject you to the person that you're about to hear from, but I do believe she is an individual that is indicative of a large group of people backing Joe Biden, not just because they are chronological contemporaries, creaky and old, but more than that, They are people who share the ideological beliefs that Biden and company have. And in addition, the fear that the broader media has, I give you, ladies and gentlemen, coming up to the plate, Joy Beha. And she's scared. She's scared of what's about to happen in this election. Listen to her from the spew yesterday in her own words.
2: It's so insane out there. I mean, you watch TV and you see how insane everybody is. Uh, You know, um, the ratings will probably go to the uh, stable genius because people prefer to watch a train wreck rather than watch, you know, let's say, a course in civics. But that doesn't mean that the ratings uh, will translate to to votes. I believe I think that NBC is all in for Trump, as they were with The Apprentice and the fact that Mark Burnett has still not released many of the tapes from The Apprentice where he probably said some horrific things. And um, <clears throat> I think that uh, NBC, if they really want to do the show, just should put in a laugh track because that is what watching Trump has become. It's become a comedy show. And unfortunately, people are dying. And I just want to make one small point about the fact that I am worried about this election now. <clears throat> it looks like Biden is going to pull it off, but people should not get complacent. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> the Republicans are cheating with unauthorized ballot boxes. Trump is telling his militias to, uh, you know, uh, stalk people at the polling booths and intimidate the voting. Uh, There's a lot of enthusiasm among these uh, white, non-college people who love him. Um, And there are more Republican voters who are signing in uh, signing up in swing states.
3: For those of you playing the home game, let me uh, re-emphasize what she just said. She's upset that Republicans are signing up to vote in swing states. She's upset that white, non-college-educated people are are are, are supporting the uh, are supporting the, the president of the United States. She, she throws out the militia thing. I haven't seen any militias marching around. I mean, I, I I'm living here in in, in Carolina. I, I've not seen I've not seen any militias marching around outside of the uh, polling places. I've seen no reports of that. Uh, I do believe that to be, and you know, I don't mean to be insulting to a particular geographical uh, neighborhood. But I do believe that 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 would represent a very regionally specific uh, behavior uh, that we saw manifested there in Michigan, uh, brought about by what we're seeing with Gretsch. But ne- nevertheless, nevertheless, I'm not seeing militias at the voting places. I'm not seeing angry white people at the voting places. Nobody's got pitchforks. Uh, mostly, you've got people wearing uh, MAGA hats with Trump flags, and they're excited about voting for their candidate. And what I'm seeing from Behar, based on her tone, and I've got some other clips I'll play for you here in a second. Uh, I, got, I, got, I got Maddow, Rachel Maddow, talking to, to Kamala Harris. I've got Don Lemon talking to Kamala Harris. They're freaking out. They're worried. I've got Nora O'Donnell. She is, uh, she is lamenting the fact that this uh, Russia thing is, is out there. Uh, or I should say the Ukraine-China uh, dossier thing. She's trying to write this off as some kind of Russian disinformation. We, we've got bad information on Twitter Including 90% of the people that work in the Silicon Valley uh, are are donating to Democrats. I mean, none of this is a surprise in any way, shape or form. But what we're seeing is these folks are not confident. You wouldn't have Savannah Guthrie going in as a second man uh, in the fight. uh, If they were confident. That Donald Trump was just going to implode in front of the country that that he was on his last legs, she actually asked him at one point, and I'm not going to play any Savannah Guthrie, by the way. And I'm not going to play any any Steffi uh, just because I want to spare you all uh, the indignity. but she, she 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 hectored the president about whether or not he had pneumonia, whether or not he had uh, ne- did you have pneumonia? were you pneumonia positive were you were you were you? And the president's like, you know what, I, I fought it, I came back, I, I battled back, it's, it's, it's all good. You know, what, what's wildly overlooked by these whacked, uh, angry partisans uh, is the fact that the day after the president went into Walter Reed, there was a massive prayer vigil for him to recover, uh, and it was, it was spearheaded, Laura Trump was part of it, there were a number of evangelical leaders who were a part of it, uh, who were out there uh, praying for the man's recovery, and he recovered. Is it possible prayer worked? No, Savannah just wants to know if he had pneumonia, if he had the COVID, if he'll give a special message on masks, if he'll do this, if he'll do that. And what do you see first thing in the morning? What do you see first thing in the morning um, from, of course, the, What do you see first thing in the morning coming out about Ben Sass? You see this leaked piece of audio from a call with his constituents talking about how bad orange man is bad orange man, how evil Trump is, how he is. Uh, uh, he makes fun of evangelicals when he's uh, talking privately. He he likes thugs and dictators. It's the usual sort of indictment that they had a drop. And it's a pretty weak, it's a pretty weak sauce because the testimony and, and I'm no genius, but the testimony that you can look at is the fact that you had a, you know, multi-million member prayer circle for the president to recover by the evangelicals that Ben Sasse is desperately trying to tell people that the president mocks. Uh, words have power. And I have not seen the president give a speech wherein he makes fun of evangelicals. I have not seen the president appoint Supreme Court justices that would be hostile to evangelicals and people who worship. I I have not seen any of that behavior. And so Ben Sasse, who I understand is trying to run for his reelect and is desperate for Joe Biden, I think, to win the presidency because he wants to run in 2024 as the common sense guy from Nebraska. uh, I do believe he's lying about the president in the same way that the president didn't call uh, dead Marines from World War One suckers and losers. All right. It just the narrative doesn't ring true. It rings, in fact, less true than the Biden crack pipe picture and the Biden business files that have been released. And I'm going to get into that uh, coming up into this next segment. Also, I have got an absolutely remarkable piece of sound. We'll do a sound buffet in this next uh, uh, half of the Devious Motives podcast. I have a delicious piece of sound that features Joe Biden explaining how cops can do better shooting bad guys. I'm sorry, Brett. Did you say how cops can do better shooting bad guys? Y- yes, I did say that. Joe Biden, he of the, if bad people come to your house to attack, uh, pump two rounds into the sky from a shotgun on your balcony to scare them off yeah that guy has got advice for law enforcement on how you can do better policing when it comes to shooting people don't go anywhere we're just getting fired up i am brett whatever it is devious motives
1: you're listening to devious motives you're listening to Devious Motives.
3: Welcome back. It is uh, Brett Waterbull's Devious Motives. Again, I'm making it sound like it's my, I have devious motives. I have no devious motives. I'm totally straightforward and above board. I do not, uh, do not uh, doubt that for a second. Once upon a time, Joe Biden was out there running around a defender of uh, law and order, right? Well, I played clips on my own radio show where he was attacking people who threw raves. He wanted to put ravers in prison. I mean, literally put put guys who organized raves out in the desert in Vegas uh, in prison. And he, he, he's he's a guy who, you know, he has to own he has to own his baggage. He has to own his luggage. Really, to be honest with you, there are certain things that were in the 1994 crime bill that are atrocious. There are certain things that were in the 1994 crime bill that were necessary because at the time you had an explosion of gang violence. You had an explosion of, of, of crack. Uh, and drugs uh, uh, terrorizing the streets of, of our country. So, you know, we we once again are looking back through the prism of 2020 sensibilities at what was going on in 1994. And in many ways, it's the same sort of sin that gets committed in in looking in looking at um, historical statues or or monuments or things like that. You know, you're looking at it with 2020 sensibility and trying to cast judgment. On somebody who was born in 1765 or whatever it was. But nevertheless, Joe Biden, man, I don't know how I never came across this clip. Joe Biden knows how to police in a better way. He knows there's a better way to police to stop all these tragic shootings that are taking place throughout throughout the, the country. And, and it has certainly led to an epidemic of death and destruction on the streets at the hands of police which i know that's not the case it's actually a relatively small number of people who are being killed at the hands of the police and a much greater number of people getting killed at the hands of of gangbangers drug dealers uh cartels and of course rioters and looters so here's joe biden's policy fix for police who shoot people check it out
1: the idea that instead of
3: Yes, you heard what you just heard. You heard the current nominee for the Democratic Party for the presidency of the United States say that what cops can do is shoot somebody in the leg and not shoot them uh, in the heart if they're advancing at them unarmed or slowly with a knife. Hmm. I want everybody in the sound of my voice to think about something here. And if you have the wherewithal and the ability to do it, Reach out to your local law enforcement. I, I get it. You might be worried. You might be afraid. You may not want to do this. If you ever get a chance to do a ride along with a police officer in your community, I recommend it highly. And it doesn't matter if it's a big, bad city or if it's a, a small town or a mid-sized town. Go for a ride along with the cops. You will learn stuff that you will, will stay with you forever. I have done it. I did it about 10 years ago in L.A., And I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And I have a lot of empathy for what these people do. And the thing that I noted in interacting with law enforcement, and again, let me say, not all law enforcement are saints, but not all law enforcement are sinners either. When you ride along with them, you realize something very quickly. Everybody lies to the cops. Everybody lies to the cops. The cop pulls you over, you know how fast you're going 42, you were going 70. Uh, how many beers did you have to drink? I had two beers. You had seven. Uh, you name it, right? But you you get to see this interaction that these police officers have to, have to deal with. And the police do not drive around with their hand on their sidearms hoping to shoot somebody. In fact, most cops that I've ever spoken to really hate having to use lethal force. They don't want to kill anybody any more than you want to kill somebody. Number one. Number two, it's a lot of paperwork and a headache. And number three, nowadays, if you shoot somebody, your house can get burned down by peaceful looter, protesters, socialist, uh, anarchist, uh, Antifa, BLMers who can come to your house and burn your house down. I mean, hello. Nobody wants to shoot anybody. And Joe Biden, stop watching movies where just shoot him in the leg. What if you hit his femoral artery and he bleeds to death? What if you shoot him and it goes through his leg and it hits somebody else? You shoot for center mass because you shoot for center mass. You don't sit there and go, he's got a gun in his right hand. I'm going to shoot the Glock right out of his hand. You don't have that kind of time when you go to lethal force like that. You don't have that kind of time and and, and judgment. So that's just this is a man who's not serious and who's not ready for primetime TV uh, to be the president of the United States. Uh, One of the things I mentioned earlier was the death of journalism. And the death of journalism is most manifested by what we're seeing take place involving this Ukrainian laptop thing that is happening. Right. You've got the you've got the. I call it the Ukrainian laptop, but what it is, it's Hunter Biden's laptop left off at a laptop shop uh, over in Delaware, not reclaimed, despite the fact that on the form, it says it says uh, that you the if you don't pick it up in two months or whatever it is, 90 days, the shop gets to keep the computer because they're they're owed something for their labor on the machine. Well, the machine was left behind by Hunter Biden, apparently had a lot of documents and emails on it and uh, pretty incriminating pictures on it as well. For the last 48, 72 hours, you have seen nothing but the the main press, and I'll use CBS News' Nora O'Donnell as Exhibit A in this one, covering this up rather than covering the story. Check it out.
2: And tonight, the Trump campaign is accusing Twitter and Facebook of censorship after the social media companies blocked the spread of an unverified story about former Vice President Joe Biden's son and a laptop allegedly full of his old emails. It's a story raising concerns about whether it's real or just designed to sow confusion in the final weeks of the election.
3: Whether it's real or whether it's designed to sow confusion in the final weeks of the election. You know, it could be real and designed to sow confusion. It also could be false and designed to sow confusion. It could also be true. It could also be true and not designed to sow confusion, but to get more information out to the broader public. So, There's a uh, television host on Fox News Channel that probably many of you people like to watch and enjoy. I find myself underwhelmed in the extreme by this person because to me, this is a person who too often... um, doesn't deliver the critical goods that are necessary. So Rudy Giuliani was talking to the stories Martha McCallum about what's inside these emails. Rudy Giuliani has acknowledged that he has possession of this laptop, that he has secured possession of the laptop. And he's going over what's in these emails. And Martha McCallum is questioning him. Okay, so what does this mean? So who is H? Do you think H is Hunter? Who is, you know, Mr. Big or the big man? Uh, Who who is that? Uh, And Rudy says, I I believe it's uh, Joe Biden. Well, how do you know that? Listen to this exchange. It's it's a little over a minute, but it's worth hearing because you're not going to see it in a lot of other places, and I want to give you the point-by-point. Listen, check it out.
0: This one was part of the New York Post investigation that is all coming off of this laptop, Um, and it says, you know, at the moment, we have a provisional agreement that the equity will be distributed, and it says 20 will go to H, and it goes through different initials, I suppose. Uh, There's one that says um, H. I would assume that you believe that that means Hunter. Uh, At the bottom, it says 10 will be held by H for the big guy. Tell me what this means.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you got to guess who the big guy is. If you need any guessing about who the big guy is, all you have to do is take a look at the uh, arrangement made for the office of this business where the Chinese communist government was a partner. Uh, when the office is opened, uh, Hunter Biden sends a memo, and the first two people he puts down to have keys to the office are Joe Biden and Jill Biden. So Joe Biden, Jill Biden, and James Biden, we're all going to have um, offices uh, with uh, the government of China. I mean, essentially, the, this business, so do you business have any, we're talking about now is a different one.
0: Yeah. Do, do you have evidence that the I, big I guy you, I means, sh- I, I, means Joe Biden? I, you know, just, just to lay it out quite clearly. You have no, evidence no, the only that ev- that is the only, the only
4: evidence. Only ev- the only evidence I have right now is here it says big guy. And here it says that he's the first person to get a key in the office. That this business is going to occupy. So I mean, we got to put those two things together. But I haven't finished yet with um, with the hard drive, and there are some extraordinary things on it. And I don't know. Well, let, let me I ask you this. I think if I was in court and I put these two things together, I mean, there there is a certain amount of unbelievable, unbelievable expansion of reality that's given to Biden. I mean, who would the big big guy be?
3: All right. See, we all all know Rudy Giuliani as the guy who helped to mount the defense for President Trump in the impeachment. We all know Rudy Giuliani as his personal lawyer. We know him as the mayor of New York City, but we have to go back, Go, go back, go back to to the late 1980s and early 1990s when Rudy Giuliani was a mob busting U.S. attorney in New York City and was regarded universally as a good guy who did important things to secure people in New York City from, from the, the long arm of the mafia. And he understands what a racketeering prosecution looks like. He, he understands what those investigations look like. I'm not saying that this, this laptop is anything but but something that ought to be looked at, right? I mean, I, I don't know that it's the smoking gun to put away Joe Biden or, or Hunter Biden. I do know that if the media ignore this, and they ignore this now, when they, when they didn't ignore things like leaked uh, conversations with, with Donald Trump Jr., when they didn't uh, ignore leaked conversations with Michael Flynn, when they didn't ignore leaked, illegally leaked tax returns from the president. when they did, I mean, we can go on and on and on and on and on. The Federalists had a tremendous write-up about it yesterday, about all the times the press was totally cool with leaks. And, and information dribbling out, and now suddenly they've got religion. So if I were Martha McCallum's producer or Fox and Friends' producer or Nora O'Donnell's producer, I might reach out to Rudy Giuliani and say, you know what, we wanna see, we wanna see the the laptop, we wanna see the the thing, what you ha- what you got. You could sit there with us. We're bringing one of our computer guys, and we want to see what the metadata also says about it. Is this something that was suddenly all created and crafted uh, back back in, uh, in in the spring of this year or last year? Why don't we do a dive? This is what I mean by the death of journalism. See, if somebody told me that President Trump that the President Trump was was a bad man who did bad things and and was responsible for for hookers on a bed, peeing, right, right, the Steele dossier, I would ask the president about it. Oh, wait, the press did ask the president about it. Then he denied it. Then they said it was true with no evidence. So this is not turnabout as fair play by any stretch of the imagination. What I think is going on here is the press knows That Hunter Biden is a bad person. The press knows that they that they are going to be dealing with essentially a boat anchor around a President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris uh, administration. And so you know what they want to talk about? They want to talk about this with Kamala Harris.
0: As you know, Don, I sit on the Senate Judiciary Committee, and um, I I was present for the hearings. Um, I will tell you, it's probably no surprise to you, I, I plan on voting against her confirmation to the court for a number of reasons. Um, but the, the biggest reason includes what I've said since the beginning, which is I do believe this to have been an illegitimate process. The American people are voting. We are not talking about the the lifetime appointment to the highest court in our land during an election year or election season. We're literally in the middle of an election. I think as of today, 18 million people have already voted. We are 19 days away from the end of the election. And it is only right and fair that the American people get to decide who will be their president. And then that person should be the one to fill this lifetime appointment to the United States Supreme Court.
3: Amy Coney Barrett is a fait accompli, but we want to talk about court packing and we want to deny that we're going to court pack, but now we are going to court pack. They want to talk about that rather than actual institutional corruption. They want to talk about birth control allegations that were made by Uh, none no no less than Chris Coons trying to say that Amy Coney Barrett being a Catholic means she's going to repeal the Griswold decision there's no evidence for that but that doesn't stop Maddow from lying
2: as you intimated though there is a sort of fait accompli aspect of the Barrett nomination I mean barring something changing in an unforeseen way in the few days it's likely that the Republicans will be able to confirm her with zero Democratic support and as you and your colleagues have highlighted her record her statements particularly her her, her her lifelong activism on issues like abortion um, suggests that her confirmation really could be the undoing of health insurance very quickly for tens of millions of Americans while we're in the middle of a pandemic. It could also mean the undoing of same-sex marriage rights, the undoing of reproductive rights yeah. at a grand scale, not just Roe, but also. I mean, today she questioned, she she raised questions about rulings that protect even married couples' access to contraception, fertility doctors.
3: Yeah, we, we don't want to know about, about a potential president coming into office with secret side deals with Ukrainian oligarchs paying his son 10 million bucks a year, or or, uh, or an investigation into a relationship with the Chinese Communist Party, the single greatest violator of human rights on the planet. We don't want to look at that. We want to look at the fact that uh, if Amy Coney Barrett goes on the Supreme Court, you can't buy Trojans. What? This is the death of journalism in America today. This is the rise of Of the partisan talk chat show. That's what you're seeing passing for news in America today. And as a consumer, sitting back, understanding all of these pieces, answer the original question I asked at the start of this program. Do you believe these folks in the news media are confident that Joe Biden can win? Why would they suppress the Hunter story? Why would they continue to go after the president on white supremacy and wearing a mask why would they have to prop up Joe and knock down Don? I'm Brett Winterbull. It is Devious Motives. Devious Motives
1: with Brett Winterbull. Monday.